praise to you. Mesuria Faranahoste. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. For Jesus. It's for Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's for Jesus. For Jesus. It's all for Jesus. It's all for Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. So we owe him all. All for him. Let it all be for him. Let it all be for him and for him alone. For him and for him only. For him only. All for Jesus. All for Jesus. It's all for Jesus. It's all for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Father. Teach us. Teach us afresh and new how to commit our hearts to you. To give you all. To give you everything. To, to leave nothing back. To hold nothing back. But to yield even our very life. Even all our things, our possessions, all that belong to us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. To have a better testimony than that rich young ruler. That when you demand that we sell all, that we will sell all. All for you. Thank you, our Father. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. Um, okay, so um, um, the, what's in my heart this evening is just to um, it's to to speak about the Lord. Um, but also not just speak about him, but to speak about him with a particular interest, interest about concerning what is in him, what is the provision in him, what is the offering in him, because without knowing what he, what is in Jesus, you will not value him, you will look for him, you will hunger for him. You will long for him. Uh, but if they can give us help to see, praise Jesus, to see the things that, that are in, in the Lord. Of course, by revelation, right? As Paul said, <laughs> um, you know, Jesus was with the 12. And the 12 did, didn't really know him. It's clear. And Jesus himself could tell, it, it, was, it was proven based on questions they were asking, right? That John, John chapter 14, that was, that was the way they exposed all of them, praise God. You know sometimes questions you ask can expose you. And then, and then, praise God. They didn't know him and they didn't know the Father, right? Let's quickly just start John, John chapter 14, amen. It says, let not your heart be troubled, right? Um, believe in God, believe also in me, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Believe in God and believe also in me. Believe also in me. Thank you, Father. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are what? Many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a what? Place for you. I will come again and then receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And then Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, ye know him, and what? Have what? Seen him. So Jesus said, if ye had known me, that you would have done what? You would have also known my Father. And then from henceforth, you know him, and have what? Seen him. And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and he sufficeth us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And he has not, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip, that he that has seen me hath what? Seen the Father. Then how seest thou then do what? Show us. The Father. Say, believest thou know that I am in the Father, the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth where in me, he doeth the works. Praise God. And then believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the works' sake. Glory to Jesus. Uh, so, you're saying that these guys have been with Jesus, right? But they did not know Jesus. And then Jesus is trying to then equate knowing him to knowing what or who is in him. Do you see that? that? So it means there's a sense in which they knew him. But Jesus is saying that there's actually, there's actually something in me that if you can't know or see what I am carrying on the inside, you don't, don't, whatever knowledge you have of me is not really my knowledge. When, when Jesus was saying you have not seen me, it means that you haven't really seen, you've seen me in an outward sense, but you've not, been, you've not seen who is in me or seen what is in me. Are you seeing that? You've not seen who what, who is in me and seen or seen what is in me. So if you want to see Jesus, there's an approach you have to take to seeing Jesus. Your heart has to be configured a certain way. Your heart has to be formatted to have inquiry about not just the 
outward or you know when you say outward of Jesus, I'm not talking about seeing him like a person, like the way I'm seeing Benji right now. I'm not talking about, of course, many of us, you know enough that that's not really what, where it is. What the many things that can constitute the an outward visage of Jesus that is not even talking about a physical image of his person, right? Um, do you know that Jesus, after Jesus came into the flesh, you know, he came into the flesh at a particular point in time. And do you know that since then, even though physically he left, but the impact of his, I'm talking about the physical impact of Jesus was actually left here on the earth. And God permitted in a way, in a sense, that the memory of Jesus should not leave the earth. God did it in such a way that Jesus should be so remarkable, like his life should be so what, remarkable that forever, every man who comes to the earth, every person who comes to the earth, after Jesus came, will know there was somebody called Jesus. Now imagine how great such a man is. I'm not even talking about the spiritual, I'm just talking about even in the natural sense of it. Right, so, such greatness. When he came, he divided time, he split the record of time in two. Right, we will count years. It's before he came, then after he came, he reset it, let's start again from zero. <laughs> right, when is it 2024 AD? AD means Anno Domini. Anno Domini means the year of our Lord. Right, so it means they began to count what time afresh, right, from the advent of when Jesus came. Praise God. And so many things, of course you have the establishment of the church, establishment of Christianity. You have actually nations that were built upon, you know, Christian. You see like the US of, US of A, United States of America, they call them a Christian nation, right? A nation of Christianity. The founding fathers were professing Christians and they'll tell you that they wrote even the constitution based on the word, on the, the idea, the teachings of Christ, glory to God. Now those things are not spiritual things, but those things are in the natural. Now, you see, then many things, okay, let's even, let's even say Christmas, for example. That's another one. Do you know that the whole world celebrates Christmas directly or indirectly? The ones who were maybe Muslim, they won't do it directly, but indirectly, they celebrate it, right? When they go on Christmas, Boxing Day, or when they're going shopping, they are going shopping, they are Muslim, but Christmas is on their mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can't escape it, it's a spirit. Something just fills the air. You get what I'm saying? It's just about, it's about Jesus. Jesus is too powerful. Thoughts of him are too powerful. You know, his thoughts are actually dangerous. 
That's why in some places they will fight. You know, Muslims have fought. There are times where Muslims fought Christianity. They fought Christianity violently, vehemently. Um, they don't believe, sorry to say, but it's true. Muslims don't believe in evangelism. You know, evangelism means let me bring my own truth. You bring your own truth. Let, then let leave your, to, let's leave the person to their conscience. Choose which one you believe. They don't believe that method. They believe that, um, they believe maybe they will bring their own truth, but with a kind of threat. Just know that, you know, we said before you life and death. <laughs> Choose. <laughs> Choose our life or you die. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. I'm sorry to say this, but it's true. It's actually true. It's a kind of, um, it's, a, it's a kind of thing that, um, it's, so I'm just trying to show the difference between that and Christianity. You see a lot of, a lot of the power behind the propagation of Islam over the years has been under the, a lot, uh, 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 sorry, there's been a lot of violence, you know, either directly, or implied, right? Some kind of forceful kind of thing attached to it. Praise God, you see. Even though Christians have killed too, historically, but it wasn't killing for, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. Some of the, some of the killing Christians are provoked. Provoke killings, some of them are retaliation. Some of them, if you, know, if you say you're going to kill us and you won't rest, then let's kill you so that we can serve God. You know, this kind of thing, which, is, <laughs> which is mis- can be misguided in a way, but you're, well, it's different. The DNA of such things is different from what um, those guys. What makes Christianity powerful, and this is why a lot of other religions are afraid of it, are sometimes they, will, they can burn the Bible, they hate the Bible, don't. Don't go to that book. Don't open that book. You know, they, they want their people. At some point, even I heard of stories, even in Nigeria, in northern Nigeria, that they indoctrinate and warn their followers. If you see anything called Bible, don't. Don't dare open it and read it. Do you know, do you know why? Because they know that once you open that thing called Bible, there is an invisible army. <laughs> this one is this invisible spirit army that can begin to war with your heart. It doesn't need jihadist or it doesn't, you don't need bomb or anything. You, you, you got what I mean? There is something that, there's something about the, the memory of Jesus that is powerful. Do you get that? There's just something about it. I'm talking about uh, it's, those are, um, um, Jesus was so powerful that his memory, things that, you know, pertain to, to the remembrance of who he was, not even by revelation. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Uh, it's so powerful. You see, people who didn't have revelation of what I'm talking about now, which is, who he was on the inside, or able to use Christianity to achieve so much even in the natural without a true revelation. Now, how much more, how much more 
if you get to know Jesus in the actual sense that he's speaking of. When you get to know who Jesus is really on the inside, which is what Jesus is looking for. And that's how all men ought to know him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say glory to God. The fresh season is opening up over the body of Christ. A new season is opening up. A new season is coming. It's actually it's a season of attention. Just to turn. It's a time when we just need to turn attention from everything. Just and turn our focus on the Lord Jesus. Praise God. On the word. On the Lord Jesus, that everything should point to him. Everything should point to him. If you're listening to me right now, there's the Lord speaking to you. Everything should point to him. Everything in your life, everything about it, everything you have learned about him, turn them to him. Right? Turn them to him. Let your knowledge of him then begin to direct you in the direction of his person. Right, it's time for us to begin to encounter the person of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank God for these disciples. They were so they were so blessed to have known him in the flesh. But we know as Bible students, as we have been learning, that a lot of these things which he was speaking about, they couldn't receive um, the kind of um, I'll, I'll call it the kind of revelation, the kind of insight into the person of Jesus that Jesus desired for them to have. So when he began to speak about that actual season or that encounter, he always spoke about it in future terms, right? In this verse, if you read it from, if you see verse, you know, he spoke about the spirit first. Let's see um, quickly because there are so many things here. Um, it says, if you ask anything in my name, verse 14, you see that? That if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will do what? I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. We know that that comforter is verse 17. He says, even the word, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, and he, for he dwelleth where? With you, and then shall be in you. Glory to Jesus. So you see that what shall be in you is future tense, because they couldn't receive him at that time. Then he said, I myself will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, then you shall do what? Live also. Praise God. So you will see me, and because I live. So what he's saying here is that you see me after a particular pattern, or after with a part, you will come into a kind of an empowered scene of me, right? But he said this will occur after the world stops seeing me, when the, the world will see me no more, when the world see me no more. 
sees me no more, you will begin to see me. There are many things about, I think, I, there's a feeling I have about what he's saying here. I, I think what he's saying is more of when the memory of, of him is leaving the world. Of course, in, when, when it started was when he died physically. He was received up by a cloud into heaven. Since that time, we haven't really seen him physically since that time. But we know, like I said before, the residue of him that rested, that remained on the earth. And those things about him that remained on the earth still, which is speak about his outward person, those things were permitted by God to stay. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why God permitted those things to remain, even after he has gone, is for the constitution of a type of veil. Do you get that? For what? A constitution. So he said, I will receive Jesus, but we will leave his veil on the earth. Right, the veil, that veil is the veil of his person. What that means is that even while he has gone, the memory of his person will continue to veil men. Do you know that? Do you know that Christmas is a veil? That one is even too obvious. When you think Christmas, you think Father Christmas. You don't even think Jesus. You get it. You think who? Amen. You see, those kind, those kind of things. Then you see what the religious things that are built out of him are also veils too. Right? What is religion? When you say Christianity, I don't mean spiritual Christianity. I mean religious Christianity. Religious Christianity are people who took things from the memory of Jesus and built a kind of religion around it. You see that? It has nothing to do with his person, what's inside him. And it, no, it's just from memory of him. Like when the church, let's say Catholic church, for example, I'm sorry for mentioning this thing. It's for the purpose of edu- education or anything. Um, you know, okay, what about Jesus? Virgin birth, okay, that's awesome. Mary, mother, all of those things, they pick key things of the memory and they build things around it and those things they come practices all of those things you get and god god is watching and god allows that god allows that to be there praise god um the reason for allowing there to be a veil to jesus is that is a, is to fulfill a principle is to fulfill the principle of um, amen. amen. Is a principle of the curation, the keeping of holy things. Do you understand that? The, the principle of the, the curation, the keeping, the preservation of precious things or, or what you call holy things. What I mean is a law. If something is holy, you must hide it. Uh, do you see that? It's, 
a law is also is actually a principle also woven into our own kind of natural consciousness. If something is precious, you will do what? You must hide it. You you will hide it. In fact, if you don't hide it, you're not responsible. You, you are proving that you're not worthy of that thing. Right? You're not a worthy steward of it. Right? Yes, sir. It's a principle of Jesus. So when you see Jesus, you know Jesus, of course, the word was made flesh, dwelt among us. You see that? And we said, we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of word, grace, and truth. That was John speaking. Do you see that? Now, that Jesus who was made flesh, he was made by God intentionally to be a man veiled. A man, that's his word, a, a man of veil. Oh, it's a, a hidden man, a veiled man, a hidden man, a man who you can never know who he is, even though you stay with him, as these apostles or disciples proved, that you can stay with him, sleep with in him in his house, eat with him, sup with him, do everything with him. But have I been with you so, so long and... And thou hast not known me, Philip. Now, so this, reading this kind of thing should make you now begin to fear a little bit. You know that he can also come to a Christian and say it. Have I been with you so long in Sunday school, in fellowship, in meeting, in program, school of the spirit, convention, life meeting? Like, have I been with you so long and you've not known me? Is a valid question for everybody. Everybody. And there will be a time when you will begin to ask that question. Have I been with you so long and you have not? You will knock on your heart. Have I been with you so long and you have not known me? You have not known me. Praise God. Amen. And, and it's necessary. So no one, when it comes to your dealing with the Lord... When, when, you, when you begin to deal with the Lord, just know first of all, you're dealing with a veil first. Nobody ever starts dealing with Jesus raw. Just, that's, why, <laughs> that's why you must be very careful in when, in, when you're in terms of summarizing things. And you must be very careful in how, when you begin to feel like you are knowing him. That's a time for you to. What should you do by that time? You should. Be meek, be humble. Just know that this entity that I feel I know, there's a very high chance I don't know him yet. Do you see that? Do you know that do you know that even Jesus needed his father to open heaven at some point and speak? Do you know that that speaking wasn't just for, do you think it was just for people around alone? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. That was, it's possible that Jesus, somewhere in his heart, must have still had, even though he's knowing his father, but there will still be some fear. I just feel that. I just feel that there still be something, some fear, some kind of fear about 
about being sure. Amen. Amen. So he has a need. That need in his heart, that's what that need kept pushing him to fulfill all righteousness. You know, that's what took him to Jordan. He, kept, he was, even though he speaks to the father, talks to him, I'm sure by that time, because from age 12, he's already said that he must be about his father's business. So he was dealing with his father. To him, he knew things about the father. So you go from 12 to 30. How many years is that? 18 years. So imagine 18 years of being about the father's business. But, but somewhere in him, he, he had a sense, all righteousness has not been fulfilled. It means that somehow he was hungry. He was, he was hungry. Part of him was yearning. There was something in Jesus that could not just settle by himself and say, I have known the Father. Let me go and give him to men. And God knew that Jesus would not have, it's according to their makeup, for him to have not that kind of confidence of his own accord. So that's why when they're about to give birth to him, prophesying his birth, everything, they had to then be making ready the person he will have to depend on to provide that witness and assurance for him. I have a feeling that if there was no John, Jesus would not be able to have the confidence to come out as the lamb that would take away the sin of the world. Do you know that? Do you know those things weren't just for show? So, because so, uh, as, as I read those things, I, I, almost, um, I almost try to, I'm, I, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing dealings. Not just, of course, things for us, but I'm also seeing dealings for Jesus. Do you understand what I mean? Like when you read that, Book of John, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, right? Those chapters, um, there are things there that minister to you. So when you read, and then the next, the following day, John walking, seeing Jesus, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. You just feel, ah, this was John was announcing Jesus to us. That's true. But I'm seeing it from another point of view. I'm seeing that this was John helping Jesus. You get that? Is John doing what? Is John helping Jesus? You need to understand the kind of thing or the kind of fix Jesus found himself in. What kind of fix is that? It's a difficult situation. Where from, from a child, you, you start having dealings and someone is trying to convince you that you are God. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know Jesus' brain started, he didn't, have, he didn't come with full download of, like maybe when he was in his cradle, he was just, you know you feel like he's fellowshipping with the angels, all right? They always draw that manger picture with angels, so you feel like Jesus was talking to them, hey, when will this woman bring the breast? So, yeah, don't worry. Jesus, <laughs> you feel like he was, his brain was developed to have, you know, this kind of, no, Jesus wasn't seeing any angelic, not, he was just a baby. So if he was a baby, and of course in his growth, it means at some point there, there was a day it first, the thought, the suggestion 
First of God to him. You are not just a man. You are actually God. <laughs> you, see that kind of, you see that kind of thing? So Jesus was... Huh? When you begin to consider those things and you now start pitying Jesus, you, you won't only feel for him about his, him dying on the cross. You feel for him right from his childhood. You feel for him. Can they put that burden on you? <laughs> if you're the one, you will fight, you will buy an evil spirit, you will run, you will run from Israel, you run to us. <laughs> Amen. You think about me, I think I'm having a mental problem. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to ask you a question also now imagine you are a child they now begin to talk to you and then say look at this whole world around you you are the solution to all their problems can they put that weight on you but you, but you saw Jesus Jesus bore it with grace with grace, he carried, he carried the weight of the world on him. With grace. Glory to God. So, so, so that man, so there's a, but the way they walk, that's why we, we have to be, oh, Jesus is veiled. Just know that. Jesus is what? Jesus is veiled. A lot of things we think about you. There's a way you might feel that you know when he was just walking around doing miracles and all of that, you feel he was just doing one kind of swagger, you know, just, you know, there's a way you, you might not see his humanity in a kind of way. You don't know, you, you won't know the kind of, what, what kind of weight was that man carrying? What kind of burden was he carrying? What, did, what things did he go through? Amen. And then the, you have, you need to, means that you, to know Jesus you must know the scriptures. You must, you must know the scriptures. You must know, then you must know the spirit. Right? If you don't know the spirit, you can never know the inward framing. Jesus is a savior. We agree. How did Savior identity sit in him? Did he sit in a kind of proud way, in a kind of way, you know, I'm their Savior, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm the one, their, their life is in my hand. Did he, how did he, he got, when I'm talking of the inward of a person, the inward part of a person, you can't know, when they say, Jesus walking by, he saw, Seek and whatever, and then he had compassion. You don't know what that feels like. You might feel that compassion is ah, when you're walking and you see the lame, you know, beggars on the street. So oh, he hasn't slept. Where does he sleep? Oh, you give him, give him some coins to buy coffee or something. You know that kind of feeling. Now you might assume that's what Jesus felt. That's why he was healing people. Because that's what you relate with. Now, am I saying that wasn't in Jesus? Yeah, it can be in Jesus. Because God has pity. There's something called pity that God has too. 
But that's not all to really travel into what does it mean of compassion? What is the what is the makeup? Is it possible that compassion has judgments in them, has righteousnesses in them? Compassion, of course, has mercies in them, interwoven graces, all kind of things. <laughs> Just trying to, to give you an image of two. These are things you need to become after. Look for. When you're pursuing the Lord, try to ask God, Jesus, can you teach me your flow? Teach me. Can you take, fetch from your fountain and give me to taste? I want to taste the, the fountain of your heart. I want to taste the flow of your heart. I want to see where do you come from on the inside. Show me your approach. And then you say that you can never, nobody can ever learn that by vision. Do you agree that vision can never make you really know what Jesus, where Jesus was flowing from when he said, Father, forgive them for, for they know not what they do. Like, or when he told the, when he, the woman came and they said, she's done all those things and all that. I said, well, if you've not seen it, sin, cast the first stone. You know, that was a flow of something. Yes, that was his, his inward person yes, was flowing. Yes, and most men on earth will flow a different way. Yes, you won't flow the way he flow. And then, then after doing that, then looking at the woman, you know, for ma- many of us, you're, you know, you will just, that is time to open Bible. Say, sit down, let me teach you some things. Yes. Right? Because now you've helped the woman, all her accusers have gone, everything. So it's time for you to take the woman's head and turn it, straighten it up and tell you, this is not the kind of person you should be and begin to preach to her. But he didn't just say, look, where are the accusers? No man condemned it. Then he said, no man, Lord. Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Just go and sin no more. No, now, you can go story after story after story after story. But, but. You know people who say that they are sitting on the throne. My question is that if you brought them here, right? Those who say that they are now righteousness of God in Christ, they are all of those things. So if you put them in that situation, when at the supper, just eating and then, you know, maybe drinking his own, sharing to everybody, about to just, you know, taking a sip of his, whether it's wine or whatever, Let's just look up and see the face of Judas. You understand what I mean? Let's go and bring somebody who said they have immortality and then put them in that situation. And at that point, you know who Judas is. You know what he's about to do. You know what I mean? Just put the, 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 the deep bread in the broth. See, see, whatever you do, do it quickly. Did you get what I'm trying to say? Amen. And you know, I've worn a t-shirt before. 
it's almost like a brand or something, not a brand, but a t-shirt that they make with this slogan, WWJD. You know what WWJD means? Huh? I think there's like a movement or something like that. It means that that's how you should be thinking. Every time you go into a place, just ask yourself, what would Jesus do? <laughs> you know, it sounds like a... I'm sure the guys who came up with that thing, they feel they've hacked Christianity. They just feel like this is the final thing that nobody had this sense before. All you just need to do to be a good Christian, just when you're in the situation, just ask yourself, what would Jesus do? The only problem is that... <laughs> When you ask the question, you forget that you are the one who's answering. <laughs> that the person who's answering that question has no clue about what Jesus would do. It's easy to ask it and assume maybe the fact that you asked it before you did, before you decided, makes it correct. It doesn't make what you correct. I had not seen or heard. You can't let us enter the thought. You can't. You can't assume, and that's how we read the Bible. Just assume what Jesus felt. That's the reason why. I in veil. That's the reason why people don't feel they should spend time tediously surrendering to the Spirit for to know Him by revelation. Because people don't realize that your whole life, why you've been reading Jesus' story, you've not been reading Jesus, you've been reading yourself. You've been reading, you've been, you pro, when you read the Bible like that, all you are doing, you do is you are projecting yourself into the, what you are reading. So when you say Jesus was a, a good man, so it's simple that he went about doing good, healing those who are oppressed. You immediately project your idea of a good man. And, and assume that is what he was doing. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good. You know, he went about, you know how many men have taken this as mantle for ministry? It's, you know, this can be a feeling. When you read this, you just feel like, God has caught me, I know what to do. What are you supposed to do? I need to just go about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Do you know, what does Jesus see as oppression of the devil? Do you understand? They are <laughs> so you see all these questions about Jesus. My point to you is just that Jesus, this is where Christianity starts. The day you realize that this man is veiled. That you don't really know him. You get what I'm trying to say? Do you know that there are also, there are levels of revelation too. Amen. What do I say? There are levels, maybe tonight I'm just whetting your appetite or just trying to give you, I'm making a case to you about maybe this season so that you take it seriously. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, there are also levels of, levels of revelation. Before a soul gets to pure revelation. It takes some time. As a matter of fact, because revelation is, revelation gets refined. Yes, 
right? It, it gets progress, progressively refined. When revelation now arrives at its pure state, you, meet, you, you encounter the person. Every revelation of Jesus you have that has not shown you his person yet is, is a revelation at a state that is an intermediate state that has not yet been. It means that in that revelation, there is still some kind of projection of your idea. Still. It's not pure, fully. And that's why no ministry, even those ministries which Jesus, you know, he has, he has, when he ascended on high, let captivity captive, give gifts to men, and he gives those offices. Even the, the ministry of those offices, those offices cannot assume a permanent settlement of ministry until the person of Jesus has appeared. Do you agree with me? Until who? Until the person of Jesus has appeared. So actually those offices, they're supposed to minister and minister. While, they are, while ministering and ministering, they are peeling layers of veils. Right? They are, they are peeling. That's why a prophet can prophesy with the power of God. And then come back later and say, I now see it clearly. And then we start prophesying again. After some time, you will not say, oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a fresher, more powerful, accurate, you know. And it's actually those things, not, it doesn't mean the prophet is a liar. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes it's pride that makes somebody want to be like, feel like, there are prophecies, yeah and amen. So, <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? There's a, there's a nature of New Testament ministry that is progressive. But even both the apostolic ministry. You get what I'm saying? You know, you, you know let's say the foundation of a house is buried. You now dig some part. I say, ah, I found the garage. Everybody's happy, okay, this is the garage. Then later you know, ah, this wasn't the, it's not the garage, this is the, the second kitchen. After you have dug a little bit more. I you getting what I'm saying? That's attitude, but if there's no wisdom, if like, it's a lie, why are you changing? Why is it, this, uh, you don't understand this? The, you, you need to understand one, the massive veil that's been peeled off, called the Lord Jesus. Do you understand that? Amen. Amen. There's a massive veil being, being, being peeled off. So we thank God for revelation. Yes. Um, so it's very clear that um, Paul um, was someone who they used to bring in right that season. Yes. Right, when Jesus appeared to Paul on the way to Damascus. And then it's, it's also why thou persecutest. Why persecutest thou me? Like it is what? Difficult for you to against the priest. And he said, who are you, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou art persecutest. And verse 26, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee 
for this purpose. Now, do you know that Jesus, Paul was in a veil here? You realize that? Paul was seeing what? Was seeing a veil. Do you know that some guys will just get up from here and then, whoo! Seeing Jesus. Then ministry will start. But Jesus didn't tell him, start preaching. He said, I appeared unto thee for this purpose. So Jesus didn't say, this appearance has made thee a minister, no. I've appeared unto thee so that I can begin to initiate the process. Do you know that before this time, there are no ministers. No ministers existed. Peter was in somewhere, but he wasn't a minister. James, Nathaniel, they were no ministers, even though they were, they had hearts, they had seen the Lord, but they were not, they, they are not ministers. If they try to minister him, they will minister his veil. You get that? They will do what? They will minister. So when, when they were even ministering, when they were ministering when you check Book of Acts, the beginning of Book of Acts, when they were teaching, what they were teaching, they didn't even call it ministering Jesus. They just called it the Apostles' Doctrine. Because Apostles' Doctrine means what is a doctrine, a spirit that the apostles received, right, from being with Jesus. They've not begun the real ministry of ministering Jesus. To produce a minister takes time. It takes time of making. He said, I will make thee a minister and a witness, both of what? These things which thou hast seen, and then of those things in the word which I will appear. Now, what is the meaning of this kind of language? Now, I won't lie that Paul didn't see anything. He must have seen some things at this time. But because for him to call him Lord, right? To call him Lord, there's something that, has, that he has seen. But it's possible that that sight was just the sight of his spirit man. You know, you know, that's the first sight that occurs, the sight of the spirit on the inside. That, that, that initial explosion of sight is a, is a type of sight, not revelation in your soul. I'm talking about the one that gets you born again. Right? It's a sight that comes with believing, that causes recreation. Amen. Amen. To make thee a minister, and then he now says... The second part, and of those things in the which. So if, if you see this language here, it says a witness of those things. It's not saying of those things which I will appear to you. To say to you is saying that you I'm coming to you in another mode of appearance that will come from 
that will come, that will happen in certain things. Do you see that? What he's telling him is that there are things which you will begin to engage with. When you begin to engage with those things, in them, you'll find an appearance. And those things are the things which you will minister. Do you see that? That what you minister are things that can produce appearance. Can you read it again? To make the minister of that which I have have seen first, and then of those things in the which, in those things in the which I will appear. There are things, right, you will begin to engage with. In those things, there will be appearance in those things. And then what you will be a minister, you will be a minister of those things. So Paul was a minister of things that can produce an appearance of Jesus. So, and this Paul, we know Paul was like a kind of a stone. He was a kind of a a man. He was an apostle of revelation, right? One of the, the first apostles of revelation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That in terms of knowing God, knowing Jesus, knowing God or Jesus and God by revelation was something that was actually commissioned to God, to Paul. He said that how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Praise God. Hallelujah. How that by what? By revelation, he made known unto me what the mystery. And Paul, what does Ephesians chapter 3? Unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in what? In few words. Glory to Jesus. So, so he made known unto me the mystery by revelation. Do you see that? Then whereby, so when you say, what is whereby? is by his writing. Which is writing is the instrument of his ministry. So that whereby, when you read them, then you will then understand my what? My knowledge where in the mystery of Christ. Continue. Verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and what? Prophet by the Spirit. Continue. Verse 6. Um, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of what? The same body, and then what? Partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Okay, verse 7. Whereof I was made a minister. Are you seeing that? So, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual word walking of his power. And unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should word preach among the Gentiles the word the unsearchable word, riches 
of Christ. When you see that word unsearchable means veiled riches of Christ. And then this making me a minister, you know, Jesus told him, I will make, to make thee a minister. In that Acts 26 where we just read, to make thee, now he's saying, this is how I was made a minister. It's according to it, some kind of gift of grace. Right? It, it, says, it says gift of grace. So it's clear that this grace now explained the gifts unto men when he said that when he ascended on high, he led captivity captives and did what? He gave gifts unto men in Ephesians 4. Right, that's the next chapter. Praise God. So those gifts were, which he gave unto men, they are actually gifts of grace. Right? They are gifts of what? They are gifts given according to measures of grace. Right? So the, according to the gift of grace of God given unto me, it is by the effectual working of his power. So when you see the word effectual walking, the word effectual walking means is, is, is walking to a particular effect. Is a walk to a what particular. There is, there is an effect that the gospel or the ministry of the gospel is meant to bring. Right? What is the effect the effect, when something has become effectual, if something has to be effectual, it means we're supposed to do something until that thing is, if that thing is not done, in all said and done, it's not effectual. It wasn't effectual. It didn't get the job done. Now, to God, what God wants to push us into in our time and our generation is it's a season we are in, a very blessed season, an awesome season. It's a time to make the gospel effectual. Do you understand that? To do what? To make the gospel effectual and to arrive at the efficacy of the gospel takes many things. God can first of all God can, first of all, God can take centuries. Do you know that? He can take centuries of gradual installment, right? Centuries of gradual installment, first to make a minister. Do you get that now? The wisdom of making a minister is a terrible wisdom. And you can never understand it. So it's not, if you see someone who's a minister, who's a real minister, and when you just see him, and tell, you feel, tell me your life history. You feel like by telling your life history, you, are, you can know what is inside him. You can never know. The thing that is called ministry, that thing can pass from one generation to another. It can travel through persons. Is a ministry. It, is just, it can just travel through persons. Maybe one person can hold it at a point. It's not yet full. At some point, they will say, you've tried. Pass it over. Maybe somebody else, when, they, when it's like 
in his 20s or something, it will just move towards that person. And, and the person will have a choice. Do you want to take it or do you want to take it? It will tell you the, there will be a negotiation. This is the price you will pay. Often that price is everything. Yes. Often. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know that? Yes, sir. If you're a minister and, you're deep, and you bargain and it wasn't everything. It's not, you, you have not, that mini, whatever ministry you're doing with you is not an effectual ministry. Because Paul described the life of a minister. He described the dealings of a minister. He described, in fact, you must be ready. While life is walking in orders, death should be walking in you. You get know what I'm saying? Loss should be your middle name. Just call your middle name, Pastor Loss, something. It means that you suffer loss as a profession. Your soul must be wired to lose. If your soul is not wired to lose, others can't gain. How can they gain if you are gaining? They can't, they can't, they can't gain if you are. And those are bargain. And you, so you see why? To make him, see that bargain period of it, if they want to make a man a minister, that bargain period can take decades. Sometimes, or it can take years, or even decades. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because, you know, counting costs is not easy. At a, at a particular point, you only count the cost you can see. Then you agree to a point, and then later they now say, look, there are more things, though. You say, God, this one, too. God will smile and say, yes. That one, too. Amen. But that conversation is, all, is not an ordinary conversation. You don't meet a man ordinarily and tell him to suffer loss. It's not in the nature of a man to do that. You have to pad him with a kind of gracious help and make him drunk somehow, that when he's agreeing, he doesn't really know too much. Heaven, they know how to do it, but those some men are strong, they can fight that. You say, God, I know what you're trying to do, you're trying to get me drunk, I'm not gonna get drunk. I'm gonna use my thinking. I'm gonna let you know that I'm not Jesus. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. But if you will be a minister of Jesus, you have to, you can't be separate, you can't. Jesus is a professional. You can't walk with him without taking his profession. Right? They don't say, what is the profession? We understand the profession. It's a, it's a profession of death, right? That's a profession. So, servant. Paul is servant of Jesus. To be a, a servant of Jesus, you are somebody who are, you've taken up his type of profession. Glory to God. Now, you have to know the different, there are different kind of servant. There is servant in terms of ministry. Then there is what he calls servant of life. In God's mind, God wants both to be the same. <clears throat> and you get to, depending on what kind of ministry you're handling, there will be a time those things must converge. Otherwise, you can't go further. Do you know that? Praise Jesus. I don't want to spend too much time here. But I'm describing something, that effectual walking. 
the effectual working of his power. It's a power of, it's, it's gospel power, right? There's something called gospel power. You know, I said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto is unto something, right? That unto that salvation. That's a, when gospel can tap into salvation, it has become effectual. The power has been released. The power has been fulfilled. You get what I'm saying? It's, it's unto salvation. Glory to Jesus. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Right, for therein is the righteousness. So when they say righteousness here, there's a way we've read this verse, and myself, I've read it a lot of times, but this verse, Lord's telling me that this verse, you have to visit this verse again to see what this verse is actually saying. This verse is not saying that therein are the righteousnesses of God revealed from faith to faith. You see, what therein is the God has only one righteousness, and He's a man. He's a man, and anything gospel is to get to Him. It's for the word revelation is, is to bring an appearance. Let Him just let Him emerge at the end. You know that's the end of the gospel, right? <laughs> Is to, to make, so you know, preacher, you preach him and preach him, do everything, is to make him finally emerge. That being is, is in summary, when they say the righteousness of God, right? Christ, let the gospel of Christ, who is the right light of the, is it Second Corinthians chapter? If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Do you see that? If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. So when they say Christ, who is the image of God? Should do what? Shine. Unto them. So you see, comma, of gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, lest it should shine. So the reason for the gospel, them hiding the gospel, is for the purpose of blindness. So or blindness actually makes the gospel heed. Right? Blindness makes what? The gospel here, and to them who the gospel is hid, such people are termed as lost. Right? And then, because they are lost, then the light of the gospel cannot shine to them. Now, there's what you call the light of the glorious gospel. The, go- the glorious gospel just means a gospel that is meant to emit light. You know, that's one of the purpose of glory. One of the main purposes of glory is for the emission of light. It's, for, it's the beaming of light. It's, it's, you know the gospel is according to glorious... The gospel 
um, operates according to a glorious law or according to a glorious order. Right, a glorious order is a, is, a, is a type of shining. Not every light shines gloriously. Glorious shining is different from just normal shining, right? What's the meaning of glorious shining? Glory, not, not every light has a pool, right? When you say something is shining gloriously, it's not just that it's shining. It is shining with a pooling ability. Yeah. It has an ability to pull. Yes, the pool in the gospel is the power of it. Wow. Right? It's the, the pool in the gospel is what? The pool of, in the gospel is the power of it. That's what makes it powerful. So the light of the gospel is a glorious light. Right? But that glorious light is not it's not something to have it by itself. Right? No, it's a light that is shining something. It's shining this being who is called the image of God. So this image is what we call likeness in Genesis, right? That, the word, that word likeness or this image here is, is what we call the exactness. Who Hebrews describe brightness of his glory, and then the word and the express image of his person. So the gospel of this man, that's the gospel of Christ, is are you saying something? The gospel of Christ is a type of light. It has a type of light. It's a type of glorious light. The, the purpose of the gospel is to show the person. Uh-huh. You see that? But the person is also a glorious light. It's a corridor. It's like you're, you're, you're passing through. You're, on a, you're in a freeway or something in the spirit moving. You're accumulating precepts and spirits, right? Then you, you move and move and move, and then at some point you must move into another corridor. It's a different corridor. Corridor of what? It's a corridor of, it's another corridor of journey. It's another corridor of, of journey, another corridor of advancement, another corridor of development. It's a development according to person. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, so, you're learning the Bible, you're learning precepts and all of these things. And then, in, in a sense, things are happening to you. Layers of your ignorance are being peeled. They are being peeled, peeling away with the things the gospel can do. You know, it's not easy for a person to establish something and finish it thought and say, this is how this thing is. Then later to come back again and say, hey, this is not how it is at all. Men don't really usually do that. It is, a, it is strange. The way men, men are, men, men build, when they make a mistake, they don't know, they just, um, what they do, they, they reform, 
maybe you're supposed to build a house, right? Amen. Well, you're not building what you're supposed to build. You're building something. And when you see, you know, like, ah, okay, no, we can just convert. We just attach this one here. That's how men are. Man is a scene. It's a scene nature. We don't have corrective power. It's a weakness. Do you understand that? That's what, that is the thing that when God began to talk to Cain at the beginning, God was checking if he can find that in him. And I saw that what Cain had opened the door to was a monster, right? A monster, one thing that that, that seed, like one of the, 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 the things that the tree, that seed of the knowledge of good and evil did to man was to cripple man's capacity for contrition. You know what contrition is? Uh-huh. That one, say contrition. Contrition is a, is a commodity. It's a strange, rare commodity in the spirit. And that's, often that's how you can tell people. A lot of time, you can see someone come to see, why such a humble guy? Check his humility. He can act humble, but that's not where you check the man. Look for contrition. You get, you understand what I mean? It means the world has a mood of humility. Yes. A very worldly soul can be humbly worldly. Humbly worldly. It can be a a worldly humble soul. When you see them very humble, the world has its form of humility. The devil has his own. When you see devil, he might look very humble. I won't like to, he might not be. I don't think he came rashly and was talking to Eve. Yeah, I am. Do you know who I am? Have you heard of Lucy before? Right? Have you heard my tale? This God that you are celebrating, you know what I did to him? Do you know what I did in heaven? Have you heard of my story? The moment he starts saying that, he will say, I rebuke you. <laughs> Get the hands. But I think you're just suggesting, and you're just, Eve, I've just been looking at you and all this. I just want to give, I have an idea, just a little idea, just little me. Who am I? So just, you know, just look at that tree. That's how, that kind of humble thing. That's the way. Did the Satan sound like a proud man in, the, in Genesis? No, he didn't. He didn't. Neither, neither did he sound like he was forcing how. It's as if it's just, just an option. You know, it's very, that's a humble way. Just, you know. Does, uh, just consider this thing I'm saying humbly to you. That's Lucifer. That's the way he spoke to seraphims, angels. You can't come and do harsh. No, no, no. There's a, you must be able to talk to them in the way they understand. Come with a cloak of something. That's how he spoke to them, to, to fall those beings from heaven. You know that this man has things in him. So don't be afraid when you see people in the world look like Jesus, that you, of your imagination. And that's one thing that will always, you know what always happen? Think of the best version of Jesus you can imagine. You'll find somebody in the world who is doing something that even challenges that. That will make you, hey, and when you check yourself, you don't have that righteousness. 
you now feel like, oh, man. Almost make you feel like, what's even the point of all these things, self? Reading all these many Bible, many all these things. If I can just be like that guy, I wouldn't I be okay? You understand? But, you're, but what you're comparing is you're comparing, you don't even have an image of Jesus. You don't even know. You're comparing that person's righteousness with the projection of righteousness in your mind. I know that's one of the deceptions. So trying to follow such a fellow can feel more attractive than sitting down to, and to, to do the tedious work that the glorious gospel is requiring from you. Now, when we say glorious gospel, let me just let you know that this glory does, it first looks like shame. Right? It doesn't look glorious. Nobody sees the gospel first time and see glory. And that's the headache of preachers of the gospel, right? It's like they, they give you shame. You carry this shame around all your life. Just go everywhere and be preaching the shame. Because once you open it for the first time, most men will see shame. But this is shameful. Isn't it shameful not to have an ambition on the earth? I mean, when people of your peers are standing, you will not be able to stand like them. Do you understand what I mean? Still like them. <laughs> Even when you are st- your own standing will be different. God always makes sure. Have you noticed that? When you, God is somehow. <laughs> when you can't come near to him, he can't let you be. He starts branding you. So that anywhere you go, you smell like him. <laughs> Even when you try to hide it. And people can fish you out. Hey, who's that guy? Why is he talking like that? Why is he behaving that way? And he can fish you out easily. You know how? You break flow. Do you understand how you, you, mean you break flow? It means that in the world, people who love certain things, they flow a certain way. But when they want to flow, your own nature will not allow you to flow. And then you start giving excuses. Say, ah, well, we planned this thing together. Why not we go into... Uh, what happened? And then, you know, that plan, what happened? You, your, your, your format of life is shouting error, 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 right? And then it's now time to execute the plan, and I begin to ask you, ah, what? And to them, it's a no-brainer. This thing is concluded. We are already going. We are going to do this. We are going to do that. No, we are going, you know, plans have been made and all that. Ah, have you gotten, have you gotten your own, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that holy sh- smile. Sheepish, it's a kind of sheepish smile when you don't have an answer, you know? Because your answer is coming from a shame world of. You get what I mean? Have you ever been in a situation where guys, guys who are making decisions, and then you, you don't have decision to make because. You don't have the, the faculty in you that makes decision has been handled and dealt with. And when you go and look for it, say, let me just for this occasion make a decision. It's called that you don't even have it anymore with you because they've broken down such things. 
to break down some things. You understand what I mean? Maybe you have some friends who are just deciding to do something. Then you not think, hey. You, you, the first thing you think of is, okay, all the people in your life you have to tell first. You understand what I mean? And you now think of, you know, at first you feel the possibility, you know, just to let them know, just to just tell them that, you know. <laughs> then when you go and now, at night, when you're about to sleep or something, they, then uh, each of those conversations begin to play in your mind. How you tell this one? You now envision yourself saying it. That, <laughs> You get what I mean? Are you seeing how, how wise Jesus is? So there are a lot of evil they can save you from. Without you, you don't even need to pray. You don't even need to. It's just, say, he has a structure. There's a structure that came from spirit wisdom. When you hear the word submission, Right. You want you can just commonize it. It's not just submission. Well, yeah, people like submitting here. Oh, you should submit too. Well, that'd be nice. I won't look different from others. So, Pastor Jeff, um, you. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Jeff, you missed the message about submission the other day. So, I just came to ask you, um, who do you feel I should be submitting to? So. <laughs> I'm sorry if you've asked me that. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you amen. I'm just making a point that uh, you, you can ask that, but you just see it as just whatever. But you don't know. You don't know what that thing is. You don't know what it is. You don't know that that thing is just it's a gift of a thought that traveled from eternity down to you and they give you opportunity can you do one thing that we do now and, and because you don't know what that thing is you, you don't know the armor the kind of evil spirit with spiritual bazooka against soul no bazooka is a nuclear bomb that submission can slay cut off their head and push them aside. You get, without you even doing anything, you didn't fight, you didn't pray, no prayer, nothing, no binding, no casting, nothing. You just obeyed one tiny thing, but something that is a wisdom that came from the from eternal world. You get what I'm saying? That thing, imagine, you know that thing, just tiny thing, just, just submission. You don't know when spiritual wickedness, they do all manner of evil, when they meet submission. You can render wicked spirit useless just because of just that thing. And you don't even know what you are. Imagine something that's just an arrangement in your life, warring against all kinds of beings. 
beings that if that thing wasn't there, you'll be exposed to. Imagine you, you're exposed to a spiritual wickedness in your state. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? I'm just trying to impact, and that's just an example. So it's not just that. And that thing is an example of the concept of body. Say body. Body, body wisdom. Where you, you're not everything, you have a part, you have a place, you, you slot in somewhere. But that place where you slot in, imagine this little, my little finger, is absorbed from too many things. He doesn't need to go to the grocery store by itself to plan it, what to eat. It, it has no single brain cell. You understand what I mean? To cook and all of that, to plan meals, many things to do. It doesn't concern itself with that. All it does is just stay here and be growing. But all the nutrient, how much calcium, how much this, how much that, somebody else is thinking of it. It's just, it's just in its place. By staying there, everything it needs to flourish arrives at its place. Why? Because it's in its place. Do you know where wisdom of body came from? It also came from that realm. And that's why Satan is in trouble. He can do, once anything breaks out of body, ah, <laughs> you are gone, they will just. But find your place in that body arrangement. You, Satan makes a complex system. He can't unravel. He can't unravel. When he thinks this one is too small, let me deal with it. He you know, doesn't know that, like this, this thing here, there are faculties within myself, my nervous system, everything that's tied to this tiny thing. Just take a tiny pin and just pinch it. Something in my brain will react. Hey! Who's touching the pinky? <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? And I can fight you for this tiny pinky. If you want to know if I can fight you, bring a pin and come and touch it. <laughs> then when you pinch this guy, you discover that this feet, <laughs> there's something called. <laughs> Those are wisdom, because God knows that you can never survive alone. You don't have what it takes. You must, while you are tiny, you need a place where you to be plugged in so you can grow and all of those things. Amen. 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 Glory to God. So the gospel has things around it. <clears throat> that can be, it can be shame, but the shame, what is shameful to men is actually glorious. Shame is a veil for glory. Do you see that? 
God is just like that. God will not put his glory bare. He will put it around the kind of veil. What, what can veil something more than its opposite? Right? You look for the opposite of a thing. So when everybody sees it, they see shame. This gospel thing, word of righteousness, even the way the life is just strange. There's just something about it. It's not desirable. Yeah, God hides things in that kind of thing. Like if you met Jesus, say he had no form of comeliness that we should desire him. We esteemed him streaking and all of those things. There are guys who thought God was punishing him. But Jesus bore that shame. Amen. For the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised the word. He must learn to despise the shame. Why? Because there is a glory behind what? The shame. So, for the, before a person, you, if you are looking for the glory of Jesus, they will first try you with glory of the gospel. Do you understand? Anybody who will arrive at, you know, that what they call, which is in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's see it. In the same chapter. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined where? In our hearts to give what? The, the light of the knowledge of the word, glory of God, where in the face. Are you seeing what they call the light of the knowledge of the glory of God? This one is not light of the, of the gospel. This is talking of a light in the face of Jesus that you will never see until you have found the face of Jesus. The gospel is to help you find the face of Jesus. Are you seeing that? I would love one day for this shining in my heart to happen. But they will take you through season of the gospel where you are what enduring shame is to get the gospel to become effectual. When it's become effectual, it's when it has unveiled the person of Jesus. Glory to God. Are you seeing that? So these are the things, if you quickly go back to John chapter 14. Um, this was not the message I was seeing before, but like the Lord wanted us to just, <laughs> just look at <coughs> this, this thing. But everything ties into each other. Um, when you were speaking about the Lord, praise God. Um, so I was saying that um, a little while, did I explain that Romans chapter 1 verse 16, well, 17, sorry, um, right? Like that the righteousness of God is what? Revealed from what? Faith to faith. The righteousness of God is Jesus. Yes. That's the gospel. The purpose of the gospel is to re- reveal Jesus, who is the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. Um, so he says that I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you, verse 19. Yet a little while, 
and the world seeth me what no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. Then in that day ye shall know that I that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and then what? And I in you. There's something peculiar about this season that he's speaking about. The season when Jesus appears, season of appearance, is also a season of a type of entrance, do you see that, which you can't have without appearance or without a personal kind of an appearance and experience of Jesus. Praise God. What do I mean by that? Gospel, when you're preaching the, the gospel, good news, the gospel, the good news, right? The gospel. When you hear the word news, news is like a, it's like a tale. It's a story about someone, something. So it's a story about someone. You are, it's, it's sitting as news. So there is news of the person, and then there is the person. That's, what, that's the sense that we must all have been getting from this whole season. Right, there is what they call the news of a person. Right, and do you know that news can sit as in spirit form? When I say spirit form, I mean not just, I'm talking of just precept. Or I'm not just talking of just scripture. When I say gospel, it's not just scripture. I'm talking about even some kind of a spirit. Because you know, even precept is spirit of a type, is spiritual. It mean, what that means is that it is spiritually formed and it sits in you as a type of a spirit. Do you see that? But that spirit is not him himself. It's a spirit of which something that the Holy Ghost creates as a kind of a representation of their person which can sit inside a fellow. And that fellow can also be receiving grace which is also product. Now grace now came, is actually properties of him that actually flows from his person. Are you seeing that? That comes to the heart. But the moment grace begins to visit your heart, you know, we know that there is a season when the grace begins to, then gracious ministry, Changes in a sense. In terms of the flow of grace, there are seasons of grace. Are you getting me? The moment you, the moment from the, from the day that the oracle begins to speak, grace begins to flow. Yeah. From the day the oracle begins, all of us here, you've been receiving graces at different levels, right from the time you've been hearing. You get what I'm trying to say? You've been receiving what? Graces, even when you didn't know about grace, right? By hearing word of his grace, I commend you to God and then to the word of his grace, which is first able to 
So they're talking of two seasons of gracious operation. First season is it will build you up. Then there will now be a season of giving on inheritance among them that are what sanctified. Now, season of building up at a level and the giving of an inheritance is not the exact same season. When it comes to inheritance, you, nobody can receive inheritance without a personal dealing with him who you are to inherit. Or the reason why it's not possible is because the inheritor is not some removed thing he wants to give to you. Maybe we send someone message, hey, I'll take him there now to go and show him. No, no, no. It's that the inheritance is inseparable from him. Do you see that? It's not what? The inheritance is not what? It's not separable from him. It's not separable from the person. Glory to Jesus. When you begin to encounter the word of grace, praise God, seasons of grace occur. And you know grace is spirit. Right? Grace is spirit. It's actually things that came from him. Right? But there will be a, there will be a time when you, you know, you were built up for Entrance. Do you know that? You are built up for what? You are built up to have some kind of entrance. What are you entering into? Of course, you are entering into, you can call it the land of your inheritance. There are different metaphors in scripture, you can call it, but really, it is the season, it's an entrance into the person. Right? Are you getting me? The season of what? Is it is a, is a kind of entrance? Is an entrance of into the person, an entrance of the person into you? Do you see that? Entrance into the person, entrance into you. So, and this is one thing you have to really understand. Okay. It can, be, it can see a bit fuzzy, but it's, it's not that fuzzy. You have to just see it. You have to know somewhere, and it's something the Lord has convinced me about, that is very necessary. It's a necessary education. Everybody must know. If you don't know it, you won't journey a certain way. You won't journey far in a way. Everybody must know the difference between and the, and the characteristics of season of the preparation of encountering Jesus and difference between that and the season of the encounter. We must know that. Now when you say, what, you say, what do you mean? You mean Jesus is not there all the time? Jesus is not... May the Lord bless your spiritual mind to understand what I'm saying. It's almost like dividing between these two things. Build you up, give you an inheritance. You say, but I thought the inheritance is the building. Like, yeah, anyway. But for them to be dividing it here, there's the sense they are trying to import. Wow. They're talking about separate first 
a, a season of building for the inheritance. Right, there's a way you build for the inheritance. That's not the entire building of everything. The inheritance is also a building. Because when you, if you call the inheritance is a land, what do you build on? You're still building on the land. <laughs> so you're seeing about to differentiate these two seasons of types of building, right? There is, there's a time when you are becoming spiritual. To be honest with you, you have not really got into the conversation of your actual inheritance yet. They are actually building you up to capacitate you to make you qualified for a season where the inheritance comes. Inheritance only comes in Jesus. That is what actually Jesus was raised for. He was actually raised. He's, when they call him the first begotten. He's the first begotten. That path son is through, through Jesus Jesus was a means for God to personify inheritance do you get that too and then when God personifies it there is the portion of God that can never travel outside of persons do you get what I'm trying to say it is it only flow from it can only flow from person to person. There's an aspect of God that you can't get from studying from um, just ministry of the spirit that does not involve a personal delivery of some things. This is actually the truth. Do you understand what I'm saying? But Part of your spiritual education should be able to now begin to de demarcate and differentiate between such, such seasons. Are you getting me? Yeah. Praise God. So you have a season where grace is coming or grace will flow into you. Like when they are making a person spiritual, the only thing that can make you spiritual is grace. Right? It's a grace of building up to produce a spiritual, or you can call it a perfect man. Right? A perfect man is actually a product of grace and truth. At a level. Right? Now that level is to qualify you. You can be spiritual but have never encountered Jesus. Things from him can make you spiritual. And by your spirituality, you can overcome the world. Are 
by being spiritual, because of graces from him bombarding your heart. How? Through the gospel. Right? First of all, gospel of Christ. First of all, things will be land. When things, when things land in your heart, you hate some things. That's one sign that things are landing, hatred for something. If you are, you are here, you've been joining in these waters, and you're not hating some things you know you should hate, come and meet me and just call me, say, Pastor Jeff, there's just some things I should hate that I don't hate them as much as I should hate them. You, and you, you can tell. Praise God. You know, you know it's a red flag if you've been somewhere for, where grace is around, and, and I, I can prove there is grace. So you can't say that there's no grace. <laughs> you know, some souls are, souls are bad. Some souls can now try and, well, we've all been here since we are all sick carnal. So, but that soul is, is lying. He knows we are not all carnal because he knows some people are growing. You know, when you are lying with the devil, you feel like, well, we all, we all have the same struggles. We all do the same things. Things that we know, some of us some years now have been talking about. Well, yeah, everybody's still doing them, so we are all, you know, doing all the same things. You're not thinking straight. <laughs> You're not thinking straight, man. You're not all doing the same things. People are growing. There are people who used to do those things. They no longer do them. And they've left you and they've gone. So, you, so you, because you are left with the it's you and the others who are still doing them, who are your friends. You have your fellowship of, of midgets. You know, fellowship of midgets, those who don't grow. And, and you check each other. You know, imagine you're a midget, your fellow midget is your accountability partner. So, <laughs> say blind leading the blind, eh? <laughs> Imagine the blind leading the blind. When the blind is saying, pass here, pass here. The last time I went that way, I stumbled into a rock. This one is only, there's no rock here, it's only table as here, so we can manage this. <laughs> Feeling through the dark. <laughs> Don't be like that, please, I beg you, okay? Learn to, if you feel like you are in a clique of people, friends, you all have the same struggle, can you just, just pray and let God speak to you and tell you, out of all of you, can you be the one that will have sense out of everybody? Yes, and just tell yourself, I will be the one that will have sense. Then, when I have sense, let the others see, ah, it's possible to have sense. So, then they will. <laughs> Don't be the one that's waiting for everybody to have sense yet, because Jesus might come while you are still there. Praise God. And that's one fact. One fact is that in a company, not everybody will grow at the same level. It's, it's actually a fact, it's the fact. If Jesus chose 12 and one was a devil, 
One was the devil, one was always doubting every time. After resurrection, he was still doubting. One is always arguing. Different, all of them, <laughs> they have their own different things. You understand what I mean? And Jesus chose them. He said, have I not chosen you 12? So it's just to tell, to tell you that in the company, not everybody will be sent. And the pastor is not under the illusion that everybody, I'm not assuming that everybody is hearing everything I'm saying. It's just that I'm preaching so that those who want to grow will grow. And so there will be a chance for those who still can change their mind about growing. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 You know some things you wonder, why isn't Pastor Jeff, doesn't Pastor Jeff know that people are doing all these bad things? Why is he not calling them and, and blasting them? Hey, I know you did this last time. It's just because Pastor Jeff knows that that's not the salvation, man. Blasting you doesn't mean that you are going to change. Especially if I know that you already have all the information you need to change and you're not changing. Maybe I will call you if I feel there's a side you are not seeing. But if I feel you have the information, I'm not going to, I will just be watching you and praying for you and waiting that because I know what is troubling you is a heart thing. You understand what I mean? And when it comes to your heart, nobody can make your, help your heart make the right decision. You have to make, help your heart. You have to decide by yourself. You get, I know souls are wired differently. Some souls can just be a stubborn soul. No, he's doing something bad. He's doing it and he's watching you. What is he watching? He's waiting for the day you will call him. Why are you doing that? He already knows what he's doing is bad. But he feels that maybe because you have not called him to say it, that somehow is okay. But your conscience has been telling you. Do you see that? See that thing I'm calling your conscience? It's not just your conscience. It's grace from Jesus. You know, grace, before Jesus appeared, grace will first appear to teach. That grace is the one that will bring salvation after it is done teaching. Appeared saying, teaching you that, look, oh, deny ungodliness. Right, what's ungodliness? Anything that's against the nature of Christ. Deny ungodliness. He used to be talking to you. What's that grace is telling you on the inside? Deny it too. You say, no, no, I have not been told explicitly. You know, this is the way. Last time pastor said it, he didn't say it in this way. So I'm waiting for him to say it in this way. But the conscience says, ah, but you know this is not the right. No, it has not been, you know, then you now have ten, three examples. That one is doing it like that. That one doing it like that. The other one, I see foolishness. That kind of, that kind of thinking. That's an example. If you continue like that, after a while, you become very bad. You understand what I mean? There's something about, it's a preparation for this kind of season. Um, it's a season where I, I awaken your heart 
Awaken your conscience. Anything your heart is telling you, nudging you, this is not right. Obey it. Because that's grace of God. Grace of God is appearing to you, teaching you, deny ungodliness. Deny what they lost. You can live soberly. Live righteously, what? In this. If you don't do that, because that, doing that is what will then prepare you to look for. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. Are you seeing? First appearing is grace. That's, go back to verse, the earlier verses. The 11, see the grace of God that brings salvation that appeared. See grace appearing first. Then the grace will teach and teach and teach and teach and teach. Are you seeing that? When they are preaching gospel to you, it, grace, gospel triggers grace to appear. The moment you are hearing the gospel, hearing the gospel, grace will start appearing. You know, grace will first appear to you to be in you. When it appears to you to teach you, when you accept the teaching and the dealings of grace, grace will enter inside you. And then you will now begin to use that grace to do all these denials. You have to deny all these things. If you don't deny them, you won't be able to look for. So after grace has appeared and appeared, you must now look for another appearance. This, is, this appearance is, the, is what they call the blessed hope. Do you get what I'm saying? The, say the blessed hope. This is the culmination. This is, a, this is appearance of a person. It's beyond just graces coming. All the graces you are accumulating for your spiritual frame is to energize you, right? To create a blessed hope on the inside. There's a hope of the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse, is that verse 14 or something? Yeah. Praise God. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto who? Himself. The people that is what? Zealous of good works. Amen. Amen. So there are things, you know, when we are talking about the Lord Jesus, his season of his appearance coming to us. Not everybody is at that place where you are ready to, to encounter the person of Jesus. But when this season comes, they will begin to quicken previous ministry that has not occurred in you. That need to occur. There are many of us now, this is the season to begin to quickly cooperate with the appearance of grace in your life. Grace is appearing to you. Grace is telling you another appearance is coming. It's coming. And we don't want you to miss out of it. So begin to heed to the teaching of Allow grace to train you. Allow grace to frame you. See, a gracious fellow doesn't stay on one thing for a long time. They talk to you this way, that way, that way. You are looking for AI. No, no. It's a, it's a sign that you are not, you are not heeding to compatibility with grace. A soul that is compatible with grace is compatible with change. If you're finding changing is difficult, begin to pray and ask the Lord. Ask him, Lord, help me, help me, help me to become sensitive to the, to the receiving, to the ministry, the ministry of your, of your grace, to discern the appearance 
the appearance, the appearance of, of grace, of grace, the appearance of grace, grace to my heart, speaking to you, speaking to you, speaking to you, I'm speaking, I'm the one, I'm the one speaking to you, I'm here speaking to you, I'm speaking, but it's my voice you're here. It's my voice you're hearing. It's my voice you're hearing. I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking even to your heart. I'm speaking to you. It's my voice. It's my voice. It's me and I'm the one speaking, speaking. Speaking concerning your change. Speaking concerning your change. Speaking even in a season of change. Speaking concerning, concerning your change. I'm the one. 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 I'm the one where I stand at the door of your heart and knock, knocking at the door, knocking at the door of your heart to give in and give way and let me in, let me in. I would dwell in your heart by faith, to dwell in by faith, come on in dwelling by faith, to move you from faith to faith, from faith to faith. To dwell in your heart by faith. To build my ground. To prepare my ground. To prepare my ground. Prepare my ground. Prepare my ground. To have you, I will have you rooted. Grounded in love. Rooted and grounded. To root you. And even to ground you. To ground you. For this is a season of grounding. It's a time of establishment. Even for to establish you. To establish you. Ferenosium, Vedion, Tavio, Skelan, to make you sturdy, steady, to make you steady, to make you sturdy. For grace will stabilize you. Grace will stabilize you. Yield to grace as you yield to grace. Oh, my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient for you. Sufficient for you. My strength indeed shall be made perfect, even in that your weakness. My strength. My strength, my strength, my strength. Move into sufficiency, the realm of sufficiency. Sufficiency of grace, for I'm able to make all grace abound towards you. You have all sufficiency in all things, all things, to make you have an abundance, to bring you into abundance, abundance, even for every good work. Thank you, Father. Shandele heaven on. Shandele near heaven on. Shembre near heaven on. Sembre near heaven on. Embre near heaven on. Ever and any heaven on. Emmy and Sonny and the heaven on. Ever and a hardy heaven on. Emmy and a heaven on. Fun a heaven on. Ossia heaven on. All a tunnel. All a tunnel. All a tunnel. All a tunnel. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, pray. Our Father, we thank you. We give you praise tonight. And we thank Jesus. We thank you, our Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the provision of your grace, which will lead us to yourself, your person. Lord, I pray. For everyone today, Lord, I ask for move us into seasons of help.
and the training to cooperate with appearances, gracious appearances, season of tutelage, to, for there ought to be a time when you come to perfect all that is lacking in our faith. And let this be such a moment of such perfection, for you desire to have a perfect man, a perfect man who you will appear unto. Pray you will raise such individuals, raise such men, even among our company. Lord, let every soul who hears the sound of my voice be a candidate of such blessing. Thank you, our Father. Give all the glory and all the honor, all the praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.